Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. fool It's Tuesday, May 8th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Special guest in the studio today. And by special, I mean uh, he comes by about once a year. <laughs> From Full Germany, it's Matt Kopenhafer. Good to see you. Guten Tag and hallo, Chris. Thanks for being here, man. I'm so glad to be here. This is uh, great. A um, bunch of things I want to talk to you about, and we will get to some of the things that are going on in Germany. But uh, we should probably start with the Berkshire Hathaway meeting, which happened over the weekend. And that's a meeting you've been to it before many times. Uh, you've Great run time. you've run the one of the companies that Berkshire Hathaway owns is Brooks. The running shoe company, oh, yeah. you've run in the Brooks Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting 5K and done quite well, as I recall. I did pretty well. They get some surprising speed out there. At least the first year, they definitely did. If you're the person running Brooks and Warren Buffett says, "Hey, let's have a 5K," you better you you, you get whoever you get whoever you get Usain Bolt and say, "Listen, yeah, I right. need you." <laughs> I need you to win this race. You, you don't run 5Ks, but you're going to be here, and you're going to run fast. I got a high five from Buffett that first year. Did you? At the end of the race, yep. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's that's better than the medal you get at the end of the race. That's much better than the medal. Um, what what was your take of the meeting? I know you didn't go this year, but uh, obviously, he and Charlie Munger do the big Q&A session. Um, a lot of talk, uh, I think, and probably rightly so, given... Uh, how recently Apple reported earnings? A lot of talk about uh, Berkshire just loading up on shares of Apple. Seventy-five million additional shares yep. now that they've got. Yeah. So back when it was a question of is this a Todd and Ted thing, and now that there's no question about that whatsoever. This is this is Buffett, and he's going whole hog on on Apple, and he's loving the the buybacks that Apple is doing too, which Buffett and Munger haven't always. Talked very highly of buybacks, but they love that because it'll give them a larger position in Apple stock over time. It, you know, he makes a good point about Apple being a consumer-oriented business that he has the potential to be able to understand better than other technology companies like, say, IBM. Yes, <laughs> but it's still a technology company. By the way. Did Munger do? And I, clearly, I didn't read through a transcript of the whole Q and A. Did Munger do any gloating about the fact that Berkshire has just gotten rid of the IBM position? Because remember, it was two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. It was the rare public break between Munger and Buffett, and they are. Uh, such good friends and and work so well together. But I was struck uh, two three years ago when Munger basically came out and said, "Yeah, I think this is a mistake." Uh, but w this is Warren's call on IBM. He wants it. I don't. I think it's a mistake. Did he do any gloating? If he if he did, I missed it. Uh, I didn't watch the. I was watching some of the videos from the from the meeting. Uh, I didn't I didn't see it. Maybe he did, and I just didn't see it. But. Um, he doesn't seem, from what I've seen, to be against the Apple investment either. But, but I mean, this is still a technology company. It's it's very. If you think of the other consumer businesses, Coke, Kraft Heinz, those kind of companies, this is very still very different. Um, but in uh, on an earnings basis, 
in an expensive market, this looks like a cheap stock. And probably even more importantly, it's huge. So Berkshire's portfolio getting darn close to $200 billion. If you add in the cash they have, they're well above $200 billion. And so you can't just invest in anything at that point. You have a very small pool that you're fishing from. So Apple checks a lot of those boxes. So I think it makes sense from a lot of different perspectives. But uh, you know, looking back at what happened with IBM, you got to wonder a little bit: Is this going to be a different story, or is Buffett kind of putting his putting his thumb in where it doesn't belong? So one thing that Apple has that Buffett has talked about as being maybe his favorite quality he likes to see in a business is pricing power, and Apple has defied. Many critics and uh, probably 100% of, of, of history in terms of technology, consumer facing technology, where over time the price has always come down and they have been able to maintain a pretty high price point for the phone. Yes, that's true. And the reason that the, the multiple on the stock right now is so low is I think people are saying basically the same things that I would say in terms of the, the bear case against Apple is that, look, you've got a hits driven business here. It has to keep innovating, it has to keep at the forefront. And by the way, 10 years from now or even five years from now, will we be using smartphones? Will we be using phones at all? Will we have chips implanted in our heads where we're. <laughs> Where we're just communicating through signals that that our brain is sending. One thing before we move on, you mentioned Buffett historically not being crazy about stock buybacks. Why is that? Is it because a lot of companies are just sort of bad? Yeah. at them. Stupid. Okay. So many stock buybacks are stupid. They they use them, and, and Munger actually did say this during the meeting. They use the stock buyback to prop up the stock. I mean, a stock buyback is great when it's used the way you'd buy any stock. When the stock is low, you buy the stock. When the stock is high, you don't buy the stock. So good capital allocation has a company spending on the stock when the, when the stock is priced low. So if you look at Apple's price today, again, on an earnings basis at least, you could say stock is priced low, good time for a buyback. Buffett also got a little attention during the Q&A session, uh, sort of firing back at Elon Musk, because on his his own conference call mm -hmm. uh, for Tesla last week, one of the things Musk was talking about was uh, the, the idea of moats mm -hmm. and saying moats are lame and the pace of innovation is, is so much more important and that sort of thing. And Buffett kind of fired back at that uh, idea. What did you think of that? <laughs> well, look, I, I love Buffett. I also have a ton of respect for Musk. But on this one, I'm with Buffett. I think that. Sure, Musk is going to say that. I think innovators always want to think that innovation is the pinnacle. Innovation is what's going to get you ahead and keep you ahead. But when you look at history, it really is the moat that's kept companies around. Writ large, in the big, big picture, innovation is a really big deal. But radio companies, TV companies, even audio, uh, auto companies, it's the moat that individual companies were able to build around ability to manufacture, size, brand, these are the things that kept them around and made them so successful. Innovation, I mean, ideally, if you're investing in a company, pair innovation and moat. Uh, and I think you also don't want to get hung up on, on the analogy itself. OK, yeah, a moat can be kind of lame. It's just a ditch in the ground, I think, is one of the ways that Musk <laughs> described it. But that ditch in the ground is usually combined with a big castle, lots of, lots of a big army in there. Boiling oil coming down, right. arrows coming down, flaming so, arrows. Yeah, so you've got this small band of innovators crossing the moat. But sure, what are they going to do about the boiling oil being dumped on their head? 
I also like that the business within the Berkshire portfolio that Buffett cited in his response was essentially seize candy, oh. saying, hey, I don't think Musk wants to take us on in candy. And of course, Musk couldn't let that pitch sail by. He's like, yeah, no, we're going to start a candy company. Well, I'm super serious about this. I mean, as a sign that I won't back up Buffett on, any, on everything, he's got to let the seize candy example go. Everything that comes up ever, he goes back to seize candy, and it's like, okay, it's a great business, but it's a it's a tiny business in the grand scheme of things. Um, that said, I'd love to see Musk take on Buffett and I, candy. I think uh, I think it's also because seize candy has just worked out so well yeah. in in this. You know, when, when we talk about stocks in our own individual portfolios that we've held for, if you know, if you're old enough, you've held them for decades mm-hmm. at a time, and eventually your cost base has become so tiny. Yeah. That's obviously the thing that that Buffett is thinking about when he looks at seize. My cost basis for that purchase that they made, God knows how many years ago, is just. So tiny now. Right, right. Um, let's talk about a bigger business in the portfolio, and that is the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, mm-hmm. which is really seeming like it's making some inroads in Germany. Yeah. So they just signed up their first franchisee in Berlin, which is where I just moved back from. And I would love to say that the takeaway from it is, oh, Buffett loves Berlin or Buffett loves Germany, and 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 that's where the the message is here. Unfortunately, that's not really the case. But I think that this is a great another great sign of the way that Berkshire is leveraging its brand. So for so many years, the Berkshire name and the Berkshire brand was in the background. You never heard it unless you were a real stock nerd like like we are. But now they're starting to put the Berkshire brand onto things, and the, the real estate business is one of the prime ones. I mean, you drive around anywhere in the US now, and you see those signs on people's yards, it's Berkshire all over the place. And now they're extending this to, to Berlin. And this is in particular, they're going to be going after wealthy clients that are coming to Berlin to invest in Berlin from other countries. And the Berkshire brand associated with Buffett is a huge selling point for people with a lot of money from from different countries investing. So I think that's one big takeaway. And the other is just the general global thinking from Berkshire overall. And at its size, I mean, this has really been a fairly US-focused business, a very US-focused business. But at its size, they're going to need to think more and more uh, global. Uh, as time goes on, and this is another sign of them doing that. Why do you think that they have rebranded? Because I, I want to say that the business that they bought a few years back was, I, I want to say it was something like American Homes or something mm-hmm. like that. And then uh, relatively quickly, they rebranded it with the Berkshire Hathaway name. And they've done that in a couple of other spots. I think they've done that with part of the energy business as mm-hmm. well. But clearly, they're not doing that. With Geico, they're not doing that with Seas yeah. Candy right, right. or you know obviously Kraft Heinz. Is it Berkshire Hathaway ketchup? <laughs> yeah. Is is there some sort of calculation that they've done where they sort of look at not just the Berkshire Hathaway name but Buffett himself and and essentially calculate this is going to be a net positive for us mm-hmm. uh, if we rebrand this with the Berkshire Hathaway name. I think that's a great point. I, I don't I don't know of any particular work that they've done, but the brands that you've mentioned are super strong brands on their own. Kraft, Heinz, Geico. These are all brands that kind of drive their own thing. And Geico in particular, the amount of money they spend on advertising yes. that would be a disaster too. But in some of these other businesses where the brands themselves weren't quite as strong, 
when you think about what Buffett's done for his own brand in the past five to ten years, I don't know that anybody's on CNBC as often as Buffett is. So he's built that brand, and Berkshire, the Berkshire brand by extension, has benefited from that. So it just makes a lot of sense to leverage that. And I don't know if you look forward five or ten years, what's the opportunity that they have to use that brand for for other things? Well, before you buy a Berkshire Hathaway home, you're going to need a mortgage. So, thanks to Rocket Mortgage for sponsoring today's episode. Uh, it's not easy getting a mortgage uh, or refinancing your existing home loan. There's just a lot. It's just a lot to that process. And when you're making a big financial decision like that, you want to be, you want to be on top of it. You want to be confident as you are in your everyday life. You want to be as confident as Matt Copenheffer is when he's tying his bow tie, which you can't see, but trust me, it's a legit bow tie. That's Matt's fashion statement. It's got owls on it. Nice. Yep. And of course, you tied it yourself. If I'm wearing a bow tie, totally a clip-on. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details, so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Let's stay in Germany, because I think the last couple of times you've been in this studio, we've talked about Volkswagen. And for those with short memories, the diesel emissions scandal that hit Volkswagen in the fall of 2015 was huge news, and rightly so. And it continues to play out in the headlines because just last week, Martin Winterkorn, who was the CEO, who resigned pretty quickly after that scandal broke in late 2015, he has been formally charged with conspiracy. Yeah, that's uh, that was a pretty big announcement, and another a related announcement that I saw was that the the new CEO will have safe passage in the U.S. So so basically, he can come to the U.S. and and not worry about it, which is I guess nice for him. We we were joking before the show. I said I said this is this is nihilism, Chris. This is nothing matters. You companies can do anything. They can do these terrible things because when you look at Volkswagen's, so so we've got this announcement about that. But Volkswagen's results have bounced back. Sales of the cars have bounced back. And people with short memories, it seems like there are a lot of them. So that's what it seems like. Um, but I think on the other hand, the way this is playing out, it's kind of interesting because if the management team did have knowledge of what was going on and they were driving this and they were encouraging this or or at least they were not saying no this is something we should not be doing this would be cool if they were held responsible for that in the meantime Volkswagen itself makes cars that people like they they don't like the fact that they were cheating the emission scandals and we don't want cars that are polluting more than they should be but the brand people like the brand People like the other owned brands from Volkswagen, like Audi. Audi's a hugely popular brand. Uh, so it would be kind of nice to see that the bad actors were punished without killing a company that has brands, has uh, goods that people want to buy. And is also, in terms of Germany's economy, is an incredibly well, important yes. component. That too. <laughs> That that is true too. This is, um, I mean, particularly for certain regions in in Germany, Volkswagen is is hugely important. So uh, the German government obviously wouldn't want to uh, to see that uh, be brutally damaged. It's really good to see you. I'm, I'm, you I'm too, glad Chris. you made the trip. Thanks for coming. Hmm.
As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.